I am back with another episode of the Dare I Say podcast. I know it has been quite a bit of time since I uploaded another episode. I know we were just getting started, but honestly, 2022, the past two months have been a little crazy for me. And so, as you can tell probably by this title, a lot of things have been happening. So I'm ready to break it down in this solo episode with you. Um, So yeah, let's go ahead and get right into it. First and foremost, I have to thank my incredible friends for this new microphone. I hope you can definitely see the quality in the audio changed um, in this episode. So I celebrated my birthday, my 22nd birthday in January, and my incredible friends from work got me a new microphone. And this is the first episode that I'm actually using it to record. So please give me some feedback um, already from the test that I did before I started recording. I think it's great. I'm still trying to figure out how to use it. So sorry if there's any little issues or things that you can hear. Um, I'm still working it out, but so far I think it's really good. Um, And yeah, so like I kind of said, it's going to be a solo episode. I wanted to get kind of back into just recording podcasts, also editing them and things like that, just kind of by myself to kind of get it going back up again. Like I said, this is a passion project of mine, something I've been wanting to do. And I felt like I was kind of on a roll. But um, like I said in the intro, there's been some things going on this year that just kind of I had to devote my time to. I wasn't really able to put any time into a passion project. Um, and I also wasn't really feeling creatively inspired uh, too much in the past two months, which we'll get into. Um, but I'm back and, you know, in my last semester in college, which is absolutely insane. But we're halfway, about halfway through the semester and um, it's just so crazy. So we'll break it all down. But I guess I'll start from the beginning. I had, you know, a great New Year's. Um, Nothing too special went on, um, but definitely fun to bring it in with um, just my close family. Again, nothing crazy. COVID was also kind of um, a little bit crazy where I was. So it was nice just to stay in, celebrate with my family and everything. That's what I kind of did. But I did that back home in San Francisco. And then a couple days later, I flew down back to San Diego with one of my friends, Alexis. She was on the last episode that I posted. And she came and visited for a few days. We had so much fun just showing her and her friend, Annie. Yeah, so they came down. We did some fun things in San Diego. It was really good weather, you know, flea markets we went to. Um, We were just kind of going to the beach, showing them kind of, you know, a little bit about my life here in San Diego that they obviously don't see every day. They don't live here. Um, so yeah, we were having fun. And one night after we went to the farmer's market, I had parked my car uh, nearby my apartment like I have been for the past six months. And we, you know, were getting ready to go out for that night. So I parked my car. We went back to our apartment, which is a short walk from where I park. Um and we started getting ready. Everything was going according to plan. We were, you know, getting excited at the pregame and whatnot. And then we went out, had an interesting night, um, but it was it was good nonetheless. And then came back to the apartment. Everything seemed normal. 
And then the next morning, I took Alexis and Annie to one of my favorite breakfast spots in San Diego, Breakfast Republic, if you haven't heard of it, but it was really good breakfast, um, just kind of recapping the night before. And then we go to walk to my car, and we're walking on the street that I parked in, and keep in mind, these two girls and my roommate were with me when I parked the car, so, you know, we're just walking, and we keep going, and... We don't see my car. My car is not there where we parked it. The two girls, I'm like, I parked here, right? Like Annie and Alexis, like I parked here. I know that. And they're like, yeah, no, it was right here. We know that. Um, But it wasn't there. So I start going into the businesses and I'm like, did you see a car get towed here from last night? You know, what did anything happen? And all the businesses are kind of telling me, no, we weren't, you know, we weren't here at that time. And all the time we were here, nothing happened. So I'm looking, you know, asking if they have cameras. And of course the cameras don't point in the right direction to where my car was parked. So I'm freaking out and I'm like, of course this is happening when I have two friends visiting from out of town and we were getting ready to go to the beach and have like a cute beach day, but obviously we can't get there anymore. And I'm like, where's my car? So I quickly call my mom and I'm like, mom, like, I don't know where the car is. And she's like, trying not to freak out. I can tell. And I'm trying not to freak her out, which was, you know, really interesting. And She's like, okay, if you can't find the car, like, you know, retrace your steps, make sure that you parked in this spot. And I'm like, no, 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 I know. I had three other people in the car with me. I know that I parked in this spot. She sends you the number for the impound lot. And she's like, okay, call this number, see if they have your car, go from there. So I'm like, okay. So I call the number and I'm like, hey, did you by chance, um, tow my car last night. And they're like, oh yeah, it was towed. We towed it from where you parked it. And I was like, okay. Um, that's great. And they're kind of explaining to me that it was towed for obstructing traffic, which I didn't know at the time how that was possible because I had parallel parked into a spot. So I knew that I wasn't sticking out into like the lane or anything. Like I know that I was in a legal spot because I've been parking there before and it was a parallel spot. So I wasn't, there was no way I could have been blocking traffic. So that's all the information that they could give me from the impound lot. So they give me the number of the company that towed my car. So I call that number and I'm like, okay, do you have my car? Did someone tow my car last night or this morning, you know? And they're like, oh yeah, we did. It's in our lot. Um, uh, it was towed at like 2 a.m. or something like that. And I was like, okay, weird. Obviously I wasn't there at 2 a.m. I don't know what happened, but I was like, right, great. I'll just come down, pick it up. Perfect. And on the phone, the guy's like, oh yeah, you can come claim it, but it's not drivable. So you can't, drive it off the lot today. And I guess in my head, I was freaking out so much. So I was like, oh, it's probably just like a little fender bender and, you know, maybe like a messed up tire, but I know how to change a tire. That's completely fine. You know, the guys working at the tow lot can probably help me. Like it's fine. So I go, um, my roommate and also we're hungover, honestly. And so we go, we drive there. I also tell Alexis and Annie who are visiting, I'm like, please go take an Uber, you know, go to the beach, have a good day. Like there's no need for you to run around San Diego with me trying to find my car. Like, please, it was their last day, last full day. So I was like, please like go have fun. So they went off and did that. Um, and we're completely supportive and whatever. So they go and do that. Um, My roommate Frankie and I are like, all right, we got to go find my car. And she's such an angel and such a trooper for driving me all around that day looking for the car. So we go to the place where they towed it and I go into the office and I like, you know, claim that it's mine, prove that it's mine, whatever, whatever. And the guy is walking me out to go see it in the lot. And I don't really know what I was expecting, but it was not 
what I was. I get to my car and I had like a, a white Honda Fit. So it's not like a huge car. It's not a small car either, you know. It's a sturdy car. I absolutely loved it, of course. Um, but I get to it and the whole front of the car is smushed in. The hood is like crunched. Things are falling out of the underneath the hood. The bumper's off. Like it is in such bad shape. So I walk around the car and I'm just like literally in shock. Like I, I had no words. And so he walks me around to the back of the car, which is also smushed in. The back windshield is shattered. My trunk doesn't open because it's pushed so far into the rest of the car. Wheels are falling off. The back bumper's falling off. It, it's just a mess. And <laughs> I am just, you know, like sitting there like, okay. This is great. And I think I literally just started laughing. I was like, this is just so perfect. <laughs> you know, like I did nothing wrong, but it's it's just totaled. And so, you know, the guys are telling me, you know, this is so unfortunate. And my car was a 2020 car. It was brand new, especially brand new to me. I had only been driving it since around August. And so I was just in so much shock. Like I had to start laughing. I was like, this is just great. And the guys are telling me like, oh, you know, these tires are so new. You still had so much time left with them. Like Hondas are made so well these days. You could have had this car for, for, you know, at least 20 years. And I know they didn't mean to rub it in, but I was just like, okay, good. This is just getting better and better and better. So I get what I can from the inside of the car, which isn't much. I can't get anything that I had in the trunk. I can only get stuff from like the front seats and the glove box and the center console or whatever, which, you know, not super important things, but just like little things. And so I couldn't get anything from the trunk. And so I left it at the lot and basically just filed a claim with insurance, which actually went pretty well. It just took a really long time. It was super inconvenient. That's kind of like, I think the moral of the story was like, I'm glad I wasn't in the car or no one that I knew was in the car, you know, and got seriously hurt. But it was just the inconvenience of it all. You know, I go to school, I go to work, not near where I live. So I have to drive places. Also, I feel like San Diego is such a city that's very spread out. Like you have to drive places. So that wasn't great. Um, and of course, my two friends are here visiting from out of town. And while they were off having, you know, a great beach day, which is what I wanted them to have, I was dealing with this. So they give me as much information as they could about what happened. And really, everyone really only knows like it was obstructing traffic. That's why they towed it. And that's kind of it. So I had to wait for a police report, basically, which took about like a week or a little over a week to get and see like what actually happened. So I was out without a car for a week. Luckily, I was able to get a rental car. But um, again, just so inconvenient. Not what you want to be dealing with, you know, in the first week of 2022. That was like the icing on the cake. I'm like, this week sets a tone for the year. And I was like really trying not to let it get me down. But it just was such a big thing and so inconvenient. But moral of the story is it all worked out. Um, You know, the car was deemed total by insurance, which isn't the best thing in the world. But it was, it's the best that we could do. I had car insurance. So again, (laughs) the best case scenario is just having car insurance and then, you know, dealing with the rest of it, which I was very fortunate and lucky to be able to. Um, and basically what happened is I guess the driver came across the intersection that I was parked at and somehow lost control of the car. I think they were going pretty fast. Um, lost control of the car slammed into my car, 
my car hit the car in front of it and then that car hit the car in front of it. So he was going insanely fast. I don't exactly know how fast, but fast enough to wreck three other cars, including the one he was driving. So it was just bad. Again, I wasn't in the car, so that's definitely a blessing, but just the inconvenience of it all. But it's all handled now. I have another car for the meantime. It all worked out, but again, just so inconvenient. And it was, you know, dragged along about a month and a half and whatever. It's all worked out now. So I definitely feel like that weight has been lifted off my shoulders, but I was dealing with that in the past two months. Just, ugh, just so, so annoying. So to add on to all of this craziness that's going on at the time, that was, you know, the first week of 2022. And from there, in my mind, things honestly just got worse. I lost my grandmother in January, about a week after this car incident and a week before my birthday, which was very unfortunate. And over the Christmas break, we, I had the incredible opportunity to visit with her kind of one last time and it was insanely hard, but I think looking back, it was the best case scenario. You know, I think she really did just hold out one more time for my brother, um, my brother, my dad, his brothers, and a lot of our family members to come and see her one more time. And we had a really good visit. It was definitely harder because she was sick. We were trying to figure that out, which added a whole other layer when you you don't know what's wrong, but you know something is wrong and you're just trying to figure it out. So that was a lot of what we were dealing with over our Christmas break. So like um, end of December, early January, and just hoping that we could figure out some answers in those next couple of weeks. But it was not in the cards for her. So she passed on January 15th, which was very, very hard. I was extremely close to my grandmother. Um, I was extremely lucky to have that relationship with her. Um, I didn't live near her, but she made, she and my grandfather made so many trips out to San Francisco growing up and would spend, you know, holidays together. We would go visit them. They lived in Florida and we would have just incredible trips. We did timeshares every single summer (laughs) where we would visit um, and have these incredible adventures in different parts of the country. And so losing her was extremely, extremely hard. I mean, I talked to her multiple times a week. She would send me cute little things in the mail all the time, especially when I went off to college. Um, She was constantly sending me different journals and different magazines that she, you know, had seen and thought of me and so this was probably and is probably you know the greatest kind of loss that I felt in my whole life honestly I've never really had to deal with grief I did lose my other grandmother a couple of years ago and so I don't think I was ready to really confront that grief at the time I think I was maybe 16 or 15 or 16 I think definitely wasn't in that maturity I think headspace to deal with grief and now being 22 I I'm feeling grief in a very different way and actually feeling it, I think, for the first time. And so that was going on while all this car drama was going on. So it was like one thing on top of another. I was also in San Diego. She was in Florida. My grandfather was in Florida with her. A couple of my uncles were there too. My dad was in San Francisco. My brother was back in Boston. So we were all over the place. Um, And that was another hard part, just not being with everybody and having to deal with the grief on my own. And I have incredible friends and incredible roommates that were over there for me, you know, when this all happened and are obviously still here for me. But it's just like a different type of sadness that I've never really had to deal with before. And so in the last week of February, we finally put her to rest. We had a memorial for her. And I think it was taking that time for the family and then also kind of making it final was really good 
in a way. And I know it's not, it's hard for me to say that because I don't think any part of this is good. I, you know, I never wanted to lose my grandmother and stuff. And I always knew it was coming, but I never really conceptualized it in my head. I never really believed that it would actually happen one day because I don't know, it's like she's been in my life forever. And so I can't imagine a world without her. And it's really scary and it's really hard, but I think seeing a memorial happen and really feeling this this finality of it last, not last week, it was the last week of February. So I feel like my, almost like my denial that everything happened is over and this, this kind of sadness is setting in and this way of learning how to live without her just here. And I've learned to live without her. I, I never lived in the same city or town or whatever as, as she did, but it's not being able to pick up the phone and call her or it's not being able to go to their house at Christmas and it being the same. So it's a lot of these things that I'm learning just again, like how to live in a world without her. And yeah, I don't really fully know how long it's going to take to kind of be okay with it. I, I don't think I'll ever obviously be okay with it. You know, it's knowing I'll never see her again. It's knowing that she won't see me walk down the aisle to get married or she won't even be at my graduation, which is something that was, I know, really special for her and extremely special for me. And that was like something that we definitely bonded over. And, you know, every semester that I've had in high school and college and even sometimes in middle school, I would, you know, send her my grades and just that knowing how proud of me that she was, like grades and school was like a very big thing for her. And knowing that we'll never kind of share that again is tough in, in this sense, in the sense that we always have. But it's definitely something I, I'm learning as like the weeks go on. And I don't think there's obviously, you know, one way to do grief. There's not one way to heal from this, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> and that's kind of why I took a break from the podcast, because there was just, again, the car situation, which is more inconvenience than anything. But it was really this sadness and this true grief that I've never really had before starting. And I, and I needed to take time to kind of figure that out and realize like, this is, this is real. And it felt, there were so many moments throughout this, these past two months where after she had passed, I just, I didn't believe it was real. It's almost like when I would call my grandpa, you know, to check in or to talk about certain things and she wasn't there. It's almost like she's just in the other room she's taking a nap, you know, she's at the grocery store. It's not like she's truly gone. And that's kind of how I felt when I was at their house for the memorial. And I can't really explain it in my head, but it's almost surreal. But towards the end, it kind of felt super final, especially with the ceremony and everything, which was, which went really well. And I think that's all you can really ask for at a time like that. You know, you don't want to say like the funeral was ever good or a memorial was ever good, but I think it going off without any hiccups is good. So that's definitely what happened and it was beautiful. But I think this is true grief, something like I said, never really gone through before, but it's an active process and I'm really taking the emotions day by day, which that's, I think the hardest part is that the sadness and anger of it all sets in at such random times. There's some days where I, you know, wake up and know that it, realize that it happened again. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's okay. She was sick, but now she's not, she's at peace. And then there's other days where I wake up so angry and so sad that I'll never have an experience with her again. So it comes and it goes and it comes to the most random times. There's just such random things that remind me of her or random things that I do. And it's a lot of these crazy just feelings that I, again, I know I've said it like six times already, but I've never had to deal with and I am. And so it's an active process that I'm kind of dealing with every day and just kind of going through it and, you know, going through it with my family is really hard, but also really good, you know, to go through it with people. But yeah, that happened um, at the start of the year. So it wasn't really a great start. And I kind of just had to take a step back and realize like, 
it's a lot of forced change happening right now in different ways. You know, my car being totaled, having to get a new one. The death of my grandmother is a huge force change that it's going to change, you know, the course of my life kind of forever. And so I'm learning to deal with that. I'm graduating in May, which is only like two and a half months, which is absolutely crazy. Um, and then moving on from this college experience, this college chapter, again, every, you know, I, I signed up for that. I know that, but it's just so strange because I feel like ever since I know middle school and you kind of are aware that you're going to be in school for a long time, the goal was always college and the goal was to graduate college and that that's just, that's, you know, what I expected. And so that's what I did. I was always working to, you know, get into high school, which is something we do in San Francisco when you apply to private school, um, you take tests and everything like that. So it was getting into high school and then it was getting into college and then picking the right classes, making sure I got the grades. And I did all of that. Um, and so moving on from college, college is just so weird because it's feel like this is almost where that intense planning ends. And, you know, you don't really have anything that's guaranteed for me. I always knew I wanted to go to college. So that was guaranteed for me. Um, now that I'm not really planning on going to grad school right away, I don't know what's guaranteed. So another force change. <laughs> um, and I think in all of this, while a lot of this is sad and the past two months have definitely brought a lot of sadness for me. I'm trying to make the most of this moment because things are going to drastically change. You know, I'm not going to be with these college friends that I've been with for the last four years, like every day for the last four years, that's going to go away in a couple of months when we all kind of move on. And I'm just, I'm so excited for my friends and they're all doing incredible things, but that's another change that I'm trying to accept. And by accepting that, I'm like, all right, so the next couple months, like this last semester, I'm really trying to make everything count, you know, do, saying yes to going out places, doing these things and really trying to live in this moment. And it's just been really contradictory because I'm also dealing with a lot. So it's been an interesting two and a half months and a start to 2022, but it's just, I don't know, timing is, I think the timing is for a reason. And I don't have any idea what the timing is for right now. It all just feels really unfortunate that it's happening at the same time. But I think it's allowed me to really understand that things are going to change. And I kind of just have to either get on board or I don't know what else, honestly. So that's just kind of where I'm at with that. the last thing that I mentioned that was kind of big in the last couple of months was that in all of this happening, I turned 22 years old. So my birthday's on January 22nd. So this was my golden birthday, something that I was super, super excited about. If you don't know what a golden birthday is, is basically I turned 22 on the 22nd. So it's the day that you're born, that number, and then it's that age. So some people have it like on the second and then it's like when they're two years old, but I <laughs> I think I was pretty lucky and got it at 22. Um, so yeah, so I celebrated my 22nd birthday. It was so, so, so fun. Again, a little weird and just surreal because a week before my grandmother had passed away, but you know, with it all, it kind of just made sense for me to celebrate and I did. And so I had an incredible little tea party with my closest friends and we had tea at, at like a lunchtime tea, the best food ever. 
um, really delicious tea and it was so cute and the pictures we got were so great. Um, so it was really fun to celebrate with all my friends. And then that night we all went out and had just a really fun night just dancing with each other and, you know, just celebrating. So that's what I did for 22, which was perfect. You know, my 21st birthday happened uh, a little deeper into the pandemic. So it was almost like a redo, you know, having both birthdays at one time. So it was really good. I'm really happy with everything that happened and I have really great friends. So if you're listening, thanks for coming out. Um, but I kind of wanted to go over the top three things that I've learned, not necessarily last year, but I think maybe over the last couple of years, um, definitely more specifically in the last year, but kind of things that I've come to the conclusion about because 22, again, like this whole podcast is about being in your twenties and not knowing what's going on. And so, I still don't know what's going on, but I think I've made a sense of at least three things that I definitely want to just chat about super quickly. So the first thing is, is that it is not that serious. And you have to take this with a grain of salt because there are things in life that are super, super serious. Um, you know, school, career-wise, um, being a good person is super serious, but this idea, I think that I've been talking with my therapist a lot is all or nothing thinking. And so what I tend to do is I place an incredible amount of pressure on one thing or no pressure at all. Um, recently I've been placing a lot of pressure on a lot of things, which isn't very good. So I'm working through that. What I tend to put a lot of pressure on um, is school. That's what I've been doing for the past couple of years. And so just for an example is because I put this immense pressure on myself for school, every single assignment in my head is make it or break it. If I don't get an A, I think that this is, I'm going to fail the class, which means I'm going to fail all my classes and I won't have a good GPA and I'll never get a job. And then it'll kind of just snowball from there, which is a pretty irrational thought. That's not true. Um, But that's something that I've kind of just done for the past couple of years. And so certainly in the last year, especially with the pandemic happening, I've learned that some things that I place pressure on and that I see as super, super serious aren't really that serious. Um, Again, I am taking my studies seriously. I am taking work seriously and my friendships definitely seriously. I'm not just placing this carefree lifestyle all over aspects of life. That's not what I'm doing at all. But I'm trying to take a lot of pressure off these tiny little things or starting to realize that not everything is going to affect the course of the rest of my life. So that's just kind of one example, like in my school life that I'm learning, Um, but also like making plans with friends and saying yes or saying no. Like it's not that serious if I don't want to go out one night. If I don't want to, I don't want to. It's okay. Not everyone's going to hate me because I said no. I'm learning that not everything has to be these life altering events. And I'm not sure why I think that, but it's definitely something I've learned in this next chapter of life, I'm trying to take things a little less seriously, having a little bit more fun with things. And I think that also comes with not being in school, you know, um, and having more free time and just not as much pressure of having to complete assignments or, you know, work towards that certain academic goal. So I'm excited for that part. So the second thing is kind of more um, of a Buddhist principle that I had learned a couple years ago. And basically it is that nothing lasts forever. Not a person, not a place, not a moment in time, um, no feeling, no emotion lasts forever. Everything is constantly on the move. The only constant is change. And I think in the past two months, especially, I've learned that not everything is going to last forever. Um, The high I was writing last semester and just it being my last year of college and having so much fun took a little bit of a step back. It didn't last forever. And, you know, the last two months, like I prefaced in the the past 20 minutes of this episode, 
um, were hard and, and things changed. You know, my emotions changed. The moment in time changed. Things weren't as airy and fun as they had been a couple months ago. And, you know, I've been dealing with a lot of different emotions. Um, no person, no people in my life are the same, you know. Um, my family unit is changing, like I mentioned, with, you know, the passing of my grandmother. So nothing is going to be the same forever. And I think in especially in times when things are really, really good, it's a really scary thought because when things are going good, obviously you want more and you want more and you want to be in that moment in time forever. You want those people in your life forever and that job or maybe it's being in school forever and that's something you want to keep, um, but it's going to end at some point. But I think it also brings so much peace, you know, when things are bad and especially the last two months, I had to keep reminding myself that things are going to change. It doesn't dismiss what I'm feeling right now. Like if it is sadness, if it's anger, if it's exhaustion, whatever, things are going to change and it's going to be different. Not necessarily for the better, maybe, you know, (laughs) differently, certainly, but it's going to change. The only constant that we have is change. And so while it's terrifying, I think it is really peaceful. And it's something that I try to remind myself of in really hard times. Obviously, you know, you want things to get better and they will. Just a matter of how long it's going to be like that. And I think in our episode with Chance, when we talked about having that rough freshman year, knowing that things were going to change at some point. Now, did it last a little bit longer than we wanted? of course, but things changed and things got drastically better. So it's a point that I think is really important, especially when this time in my life is changing so much, when I'm moving on from college and turning into something else, you know, starting a new chapter and everything. It's, it's a really great thought and I'm really excited for it. So that's something that I definitely have learned one of my biggest lessons. All right. And the third thing that I want to bring up is basically that I am allowed to live a little bit of a double life. As you can tell, like from what I've been saying, the past two and a half months have been pretty tough. Um, but I'm also in my last semester of college. So I'm having a lot of fun with my friends. Um, and it's, it's weird to live this, this double life. I think I mentioned before I am in therapy. So I'm also unpacking like a lot of different patterns of the ways that I've been thinking in the past couple of years and trying to turn that around. There's a lot that I'm struggling with internally and kind of going through processing all this stuff. But then on the outside, socially, I'm having a really great time. I love going over to my different, you know, friend's house. And I love going out to coffee shops to do homework with people and also love hanging out with my roommates. And so it's weird that on my own, there's a lot more emotion and a lot more, I don't want to necessarily say sadness, but a lot more processing going on. But then, you know, I step outside of this room alone and I'm having a really great time and it's okay and it's valid. They don't have to align with each other. That's something that I'm learning. I can do both at the same time. I don't have to just process what I'm feeling and neglect, you know, the social side of me. I also don't have to ignore what I want to process and what I want to change in my ways of thinking. And just go out with friends and really try to pack everything I can into this semester. I'm learning to find a balance with both. And again, I think it's more just the timing of it all is a little, um, I don't want to say unfortunate, but it's definitely not ideal that all this is kind of happening in my last semester of college. But I'm learning a lot about myself and a lot about just kind of life in general. So these are my top three things. I don't know if any of this made sense. Um, The last two months haven't really made a lot of sense to me, but I'm trying to um, 
find meaning in it all, find a reason for it all, and just kind of one day at a time. That's the biggest thing I learned in the past two months. My mom said, you know, one day my mom had called me and after all this was going on and she, you know, asked me like, how are you doing? Like, how are you feeling in this moment? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I feel like I have so many things to do. Um, I was dealing with the car, also plan, helping my family plan a memorial for my grandmother. I also had the incredible opportunity to be in one of my cousin's weddings. So there were so many emotions going on and just so many things to do. And she had said to me, you have to take it one day at a time. If you look at all these things like you have to do, just kind of as, play, as things on a checklist, you're not going to fully enjoy them all. You're not going to fully experience them all. And I love why she said that to me because I really then started taking everything day by day with school assignments, you know, chores I had to do because I still have to, you know, do all these things while, while all these bigger things are going on. So literally just taking it day by day and just checking things off as I can and as I do really helped me. being said, I don't know if this made sense or if it was just a ramble, but these are really important things that I've learned in the past two months and I wanted to fill you all in basically on what's been kind of going on, why I've been MIA, things like that. In terms of grad post-grad plans and what's happening next, um, I know I mentioned it before, but I'm for sure not going to grad school right after undergrad. Um, I think the pandemic definitely gave me a little bit of burnout and a little bit of Zoom fatigue for sure. So I am not going to be applying to grad school at least in the next two years. I want to have like actual job experience um, and doing that. So I am on the job hunt. I'm applying for internships for the summer and then also entry level jobs, which is really crazy. Um, just kind of surreal almost in a way. Obviously, I knew this day was coming at some point in my life, but it's just so weird that it's finally here. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm looking more at PR and communication strategy and stuff like that. I mentioned that I am studying journalism and I love the writing side of things, but in the last semester, I really started to understand that I like working on a team and also being a little more creative than just writing a print story. Um, I love writing in general, but I need a little bit more of a creative outlet. I want to bounce ideas off people. I want to work with different um, people who think differently and things like that. So I think PR is going to be that perfect, happy medium, which is kind of why I want an internship um, to kind of understand if that's really what I want to do. So because I don't have another semester to take classes, I am hoping to get an internship this summer, see if that's for me, maybe pivot a little bit uh, for an entry level job after um, but that's kind of where I am. Uh, yeah, last semester, I definitely learned that straight journalism probably isn't for me. Um, I definitely enjoyed all my classes. I've learned so much and I can write really, really well, but I need to tweak it a little bit. So that's what I'm working on as of now. I've been setting up informational interviews, you know, working my LinkedIn magic and everything like that. And um, hopefully it's coming together. But that's kind of where I am with the postgrad plans. It's, again, crazy that it's happening in, you know, two and a half, three months. But I guess it's crunch time. So I'm excited to keep you all updated and, you know, talk to my other friends and see what they're doing. It's definitely crazy. Everyone's doing such different things, which I think is really cool. And yeah, I'm excited for that. So once again, thank you so much for tuning back in. Um, I know you probably weren't expecting a solo episode, but I felt like I needed to kind of just explain where I've been, what I've learned. You know, I'm feeling a lot more creative these days, just, you know, processing through a lot, but also 
you know, moving on um, in the best way that I can. That is kind of it. That's all I have for today. New episodes are coming. I don't want to commit to a schedule right now just because of how crazy things are. Obviously, as you can tell, life gets in the way. Things happen. But I will continue with this podcast. I promise. I would never just leave you hanging. But please follow the Dare I Say podcast Instagram. It's at Dare I Say podcast on Instagram. And let me know your thoughts. And yeah, just be on the lookout for more episodes. I'm going to be interviewing, like I said, a lot more of my friends and just seeing kind of what everyone's gone through, what everyone's going through, and then what they plan to do next. It's going to be super exciting as we finish up these last couple of months and kind of go from there. So again, I really appreciate you tuning back in and we'll chat later. Bye.